developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to Sports Talk. It's our number two. Out of the pen, onto the mound. I'm Evan Kahn joins us now. I'm Scott Beatty. We're glad you are with us. We spent a good portion of last hour talking some Illini football with Robert Rosenthal. Also basketball after media days yesterday for both men's and women's hoops up in Minneapolis. And now we'll do a little bit of that. And also... A bunch of baseball. Joe Madden is slated to join us here this hour for a conversation. He has debuted a book this week called The Book of Joe. He wrote it with Tom Verducci. It is not written in first-person voice, but um, he is listed as an author along with Tom Verducci. So it's a interesting conversation on tap. I don't say that just as a Cubs fan. Getting to talk to the manager who won a World Series. <laughs> I say that as a baseball fan. Well, he's and a sports fan. And he's been with multiple organizations. We know him fondly for his time with the Cubs, but yeah, he's just a, a baseball guy and yeah. from the book and from watching pre and post game press conferences for 5 years while he was in Chicago. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty interesting cat. Different worlds, different sports, but what he went through in his you know, through the coming up through the through the ranks, not unlike I just thought of Brad Underwood. Mm. I mm-hmm. mean, living on a shoestring budget. If I didn't have this car that this guy loaned me, or if I didn't have this credit card, you know, then I wouldn't have got you know, just just toiling, toiling after face it, a, a mediocre at best baseball career. You know, he was. A mediocre college player. I mean, he was good. He was a good athlete. He was a good high school athlete. He was like an okay baseball player, but he never really got there playing wise. But mm-hmm. then he became a scout and worked his way up in the coaching ranks, and eventually got to be a bullpen coach with the Angels. One of the few. Not there's been a handful of, of guys that never played major league baseball but became very successful managers. Buck Showalter is one of them. Yeah, the the list is not very long, and especially when you start adding in just World Series titles, it's it's less than a, a handful. So the success that he found um, is rare. the The path that he took was not. You, you hear that all the time in sports, and that's why it's it's tough to be critical of superstars when they finally get their money, because there was a point in time where they didn't get money for it. No matter who you are, there there are steps, and you've got to go through some some stuff to to get to the end goal and Madden definitely paid his dues and then some and and it paid off as he, he outlines throughout the book he 
could have taken the the Red Sox and broken that curse back in 03, but didn't think he was quite ready at that time. Interviewed for the Angels a couple of times after being a manager for over a decade, and even then he, he realized that he wasn't ready. So uh, be be fun to to dive into the book with him and just his thinking when it comes to baseball. Uh, also today we learned that there we're going to learn something tomorrow about Illinois, and that is. <laughs> A major facility project will be officially announced tomorrow at 2.30. I'm being told that this is maybe not about Memorial Stadium, oh. so uh, we will we'll move on. So, so uh, we'll dream. <laughs> One day. Wonder, your, wonder away <laughs> what this will be about. But it, again, it's being billed as a major facility project that we will learn about uh, tomorrow. And... Uh, and Josh Whitman just yesterday was asked about what's next, and he said, well, we're kind of keeping that close to the vest in so many words, he said, and then we'll let you know when we're ready to let you know. So that's coming tomorrow at 2.30. So, uh, but I'm, I'm being told it's not about Memorial Stadium. Well, so I didn't mean to mislead. I was seeing some things that... Uh, and, and I did not mean to mislead well, now, everybody. Now the speculation really picks up because... I, I thought that made sense. So what what else makes sense? Baseball and softball getting something new. Soccer and tracks got something new. Football got their new performance center. Ubbins going to be unveiled tomorrow, even though we got a little sneak peek last week with, with Media Day. So I guess we'll, we'll find out at 2.30. Okay. Uh, meantime, baseball. And again, we're going to talk some baseball with Joe Madden here coming up. We're looking forward to that conversation. Phillies and Braves are delayed. Dodgers and Padres uh, later on tonight. Uh, Dodgers looking every bit of the best team in the major leagues last <laughs> night. Of course. <laughs> Nothing like uh, the guy getting the last out for the Dodgers, being a former Cub. Kind of forgot that Chris Martin was traded really early on in July for uh, Chris McKinstry. But, yeah, so former Cub closing it down, and their offense is just insane. And Julio Urias is going to be a top five in the Cy Young, and I don't even know if he's the best pitcher on the roster. So they're 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 set. All right, we'll come back. You've got Sports Talk. Stay with us. Joe Madden on tap. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Sun's come back out here, and if you had solar panels on your roof, even at this hour yet, you could be making a little bit of energy. Solar's becoming more and more popular on the top of roofs around this area and many others as well. CU, under construction, is now doing solar installation as well as regular roof replacements and other types of renovations. I encourage you to check out what I would call a very informative and low-pressure conversation that you can have with CU under construction about what it entails when you get your roof installed with solar panels on top of it. They walk you through the process. They walk you through exactly how much savings you could make energy-wise as well as it would cost for you up front and how things could be financed and also what would be the look of your home with those panels on it. See you under construction offering not only that but a lot of options for you. Whatever you might be able to dream up in terms of a renovation, an addition, a redo, Whatever it is, see you under construction at seeyouunderconstruction.com. On the latest episode of Inside Atlanta Football, we discussed the Atlanta's ranking, which went against Iowa, and how the game against Minnesota hinges on Tommy DeVito's house. 
You've got Sports Talk here on a Wednesday. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn riding with you. Joe Madden is a three-time manager of the year in the big leagues. And in his 19 years, he managed the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Angels and, of course, the Chicago Cubs to their first World Series title in 108 years. He has debuted a new book this week, The Book of Joe. He co-wrote it with Tom Verducci and Sports Writer of the Year across the country multiple times, and he joins us now here on Sports Talk. Joe Madden, we are privileged to be talking to you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Oh, really? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you doing that, too. Thank you. As uh, baseball fans and uh, self-avowed Cubs fans here, too, uh, in, a, in, a, in a town, by the way, that's split between Cubs and Cardinals often, uh, we, we, we felt like in reading this, we got to know you in a new way that that we didn't before and it strikes me as I now feel like I know you a lot even though we've never really talked before <laughs> what what stri- what inspired you to want to write a book and and put yourself out there in a new way to let people know more about who you are and how you how you manage well this is um, this has been in the works for a while I mean I was asked after the uh, World Series in 2008 I didn't think I was ready to do something like that um, so eventually, after the, my run with the Cubs, I talked to Tommy Verducci, and we, we, we talked about the premise. And part, a big part of it is comparing and contrasting managing, say, in the 1980s when I kind of began as a coach to present day, and then to take the Maddenisms and extrapolate on them a bit and uh, turn them into chapters and, and really try to include stories and, and um, uh, research to back them up. And that's what Tom did. I mean, I, I recorded about... 100 hours of video, or excuse me, audio while riding my bike during the pandemic. And Tom is just really good. He's, you know, and I read his stuff. Um, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I've been for years. I'm a big Pat Conroy fan, Ken Follett, uh, Greg Isles. I can go on and on, Leon Uris. Uh, this guy's good. Tommy's good. So to be able to have him take your stuff and then put it into words and dress it up like he did, I'm, I'm really appreciative. Well, congratulations on the book. It, it is a great read and want to dive more into it here as well as some of your thoughts on what's going on here in baseball as we talk with Joe Madden. Hey, Joe, this is Evan. Uh, thanks for, for coming hey, on Evan. the program with us. Really enjoyed reading the book. And before we get into the baseball stuff, you mentioned something early on that, that I have my own theories on and, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. You, you talk about winning a, a golf outing against uh, uh, the club pro early on in your career or, or before you even really became a pro. Why are baseball players so good at golf? <laughs> um, I, I, I just did the coordination of the swing, I think. Although, listen, mother, the ball's sitting still right now. I'm having a trouble with my driver. Back then, I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20, whatever I was. I had no idea. Michael Eddy set up. The guy's name was Cochise. They called him Cochise. I didn't know he was the club champ until after the game, and I won. Um, I just think it's a eye-hand coordination thing. It's a, it's it's just fun to hit a ball. I mean, I go down to the driving range all the time. It, it's just something that you're born with, I believe, and uh, that's it. I also think hockey players have an advantage too because of the ball, the puck on the ground. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's kind of my my idea of thinking. I didn't know if you you were a, a secret pro golfer that we didn't know about afterwards or, no, or something no, no, like no, that. No, no. But you you no, did no. go to college to to play football. So what what made you switch to baseball that that ended up being the rest of your career? Well, baseball was always it for me. I played football because I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania. I listen, I liked it. I didn't like get beaten up so much. <laughs> uh, I was playing quarterback since the time I was ten. 
So I go to Lafayette on a football um, you know, financial aid or financial need method. My dad's uh, uh, was a plumber at that time, so we got some uh, uh, aid to go there. I'm out practicing football in the fall of my first year, and while I'm doing that on the other field, the baseball team's practicing in September and October. I'm thinking, you mean to tell me they're playing baseball in September and October, something I would love to do? So it was the crack of the bat on the other fields while I'm, I'm running the offense for Lafayette College freshmen. I couldn't take it anymore. So I went to fall practice the next year for Lafayette football. I ran the 60s, 1060s, and a sub-six-minute mile and then wanted to puke. And the next day I walked out there with my Volvo all packed up and told Coach Putnam, I'm done. I just want to play baseball. My dad didn't talk to me for a long time. And a lot of people told my mom I was a quitter. And that's how tough it was back here. But that was my, that my heart was in the, the baseball end of things. And I'm obviously very glad I made that decision. Joe Madden is joining us here on Sports Talk. He's written a new book called The Book of Joe. Joe, I, I got to witness something that was special for a lot of Chicago Cubs fans in 2015 when you clinched the uh, division series against the Cardinals. I was there for the clincher, and the celebration that went on was something that uh, could take your breath away. And how um, the energy around Wrigley Field, inside and out, it afterwards was was incredible. Do you, what do you remember about that day? Because it was something the Cubs had not done in a long ever in clinching a post game uh, postseason series at home. Did something stand out to you about that day and what it indicated about the next year? It was just the confidence within the group. I mean, going to the ballpark, I felt really good about it. Uh, but then again, you got to do it. And as the game was unfurling, we did different things. And and when you're in an elimination game like that, um, it's hard. Once one team gets up, the team that's got the upper hand overall, once they get up, uh, I've, I've talked to my players about this, the other side gets kind of a look on their face. Like they, they kind of know we can't fight back from this. And I've seen it. I've seen it with the Yankees in 2002, with the Angels. I saw it there with the Cardinals in that particular year, uh, with, the, with the Rays advancing. I saw it with them when we had an advantage. So there's just something about that, and I saw it that day, and I felt it that day. And then there was a slider to Piscotti by uh, Rondon. That was the last pitch of the game, I believe. And then you just, you know, you just, the culmination of everything you thought it could work, and it did work. And you, I, I tell you what I feel. When the moment that happens, my, my mind goes to the coaching staff because the coaching staff puts in so much time and effort to get this whole thing done, and they don't get paid nearly like everybody else does. So I just think about the coaching staff first of all. So those that's what I remember directly about it. And you're right, that was one hell of a celebration. And, and baseball to me, because you mentioned that was an elimination game, and baseball to me is yeah. all about doing the right things over time, and more often than not, it's going to come out uh, the right way. But then all of a sudden you get to this time of year, and it's one game, whether it's an elimination game or what used to be the wild card game, or even now as we're seeing these, these short three-game series. What has to change for you as a manager, if anything, in getting guys to respond when you're trying to, say, do something this way over 162? I don't want them to do anything differently. That's the whole point. I mean, I think sometimes groups feel like they have to. I, I want less information when it gets to that. I want less of everything. When it, I, want, I want guys reporting to the ballpark at the same time. I don't want more meetings. I want it to be, what I do is I have a, my meeting, I have three meetings annually, and that's uh, spring training before the All-Star break, and then also with the, uh, before the first uh, playoff game. Uh, 
So I do that two days before the first playoff game. So when they walk into the ballpark in the day of a playoff game, nothing's different. So I'm always about not changing anything. And I think sometimes people go overboard, want more prep, want them to think about more things, change their schedule, and that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Joe Madden with us here at Sports Talk. Joe, a lot of the book deals with analytics or, or the the transformation of analytics and how they're used in, in baseball. And e- even in 2022, is that word and the idea in baseball has been around for you know over 20 years now or, or so. Um, it, it still has a, a negative connotation to it. So, what does the word analytics mean to you in baseball? Information, and it should just be left at that. Uh, analytics, like you said, I agree with you, has gained way too much uh, uh, support in the sense that everybody thinks it's the reason why teams win. Uh, how about the reason why teams lose? Everybody in the baseball has great analytical departments right now. The separator is good baseball players. And then beyond that, the separator is good scouts within baseball organizations. Scouting and development still is the lifeblood of any organization. And the ones that have consistently been good, they have good scouts, they have great acquisitional process, and then they know what to do with their guys once they get them. Uh, that's not spoken about enough. To me, I want to see analytics serve baseball again and not baseball serving analytics. It gets a little bit tiring, especially for those of us that have been raised and earned the right to be in a major league dugout at major league field that people actually believe that uh, data and numerical data uh, supersedes good coaching and fundamentals in regards to winning baseball games. Because it's almost presented that way anymore. And don't get me wrong, I want the info. I want the intel. But I want the intel passed along to coaches. I want the coaches empowered. I want the coaches empowered to present and give to the players. And then I want analysts to go back upstairs and work on the next day or the next series. When do you think that switch happened? Was it an overnight thing where, where GMs and folks in the front office just started giving more and more information? Did something happen with a specific team or, or something? When did this, this shift over happen? Because it, it sounds like almost every organization, like you said, they, they've got their, their DNR departments and they're putting the, the analytics into the game. Let's become a competition of the, the, the grandest baseball operations department. I want the competition to be to put the best coaches on the field, the best scouts out in the field. That's what I like to see it become again. Uh, probably, I don't know, seven to ten years ago, I saw, started to see uh, more of a shift in regards to uh, the competition among front offices to be more analytically inclined and uh, a greater emphasis on that, less emphasis on scouting in the traditional sense and more emphasis on scouting in a technological sense, more reliance on video, data printouts, etc. So with that, everybody becomes a baseball expert. You don't have to ride buses from Idaho Falls to Lethbridge, Canada, or from Midland, Texas to Beaumont and have to play the next night. That no longer becomes a prerequisite. And those are the kind of things I don't think you could discount. Those things matter. Uh, the, the, the amount of time and the energy and the wisdom that and the feel that you've created by doing those things, people that have never done it can never have or understand. So uh, I, I want to see a balance. I want to see a balance between what I just described with the best analytical department money can buy, but you don't need as many people as they say they need. Not at all. There's just too much redundancy. There's a lot of things that are generated that really uh, aren't necessary to the field staff or the players. Again, more if you're going to be into the analytical, I mean, into the acquisitional part of the season, which would be the off season. Yeah. 
get as much intel as you can, pour over it, try to decide between this shortstop and that one. I get it. But during the season, just give us the few nuggets that we need and then please stay out of the way. Joe Madden is with us here on Sports Talk. Uh, Joe, if you're good for it, we could uh, take a quick pause and continue with you. You got it. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Continuing on Sports Talk, Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn with you, our number two of the program. Joe Madden is with us. He has written the book, Book of Joe, with Tom Verducci. Uh, as we were talking about analytics, Joe, does it have a, maybe a, a, a better place, if you will, in development of players with what you can see on video and capturing spin rates and all the biomechanics as a opposed to strategy and and filling out lineup cards and all that? It definitely has its place, no question. But um, when it comes down to teaching somebody how to pitch and, and, and how to win and how to uh, fight through difficult moments and what happens in the fifth inning when things don't feel right, who's there to tell you that one little thought that gets you back in order, um, that's what's missing. Uh, that's not even accounted for anymore. Uh, too many guys with lacking, lacking experience in, in difficult moments are being putting in charge, and they've not, not ever been there before. And actually, if without a printout, they really don't have that much to say. So I want those guys at the right time. For instance, if there is the analytical data, whether it's TrackMan or Rapsod or whatever, yeah, I want it, and I want it before the game while I'm working out with the guy, whether he has a bullpen or something during batting practice that might be pertinent, and that's it. And then keep doing your thing, keep uh, putting, uh, bringing together stuff, um, spin rates, whatever. That was a, that's the reason why the Mets checked the other night, because spin rates are available. Another example of technology impacting the game. So there is something to be said there. Yes, it can help a young man develop a better pitch, no question, but it will never, uh, never be sub- substituted for good pitching mechanics drilled in by a very good pitching coach who knows how to make adjustments on the fly when things aren't right. Because what's happening is nobody's teaching or in, uh, teaching people how to win, teaching kids how to win. They go to these uh, area code games, et cetera, and they're just trying to be best in show. And it's, it's not necessarily about winning. The same thing could be said about the minor leagues, which are actually uh, being minimized right now completely. So it's, just, it's a hard thing to uh, sell for me is the fact that you're going to minimize the work that gets you to become a major league player and then think that you're going to get the same product on the field where a guy can play a fundamental game of baseball and has this like liberal arts education in the game that if anything shows up or pops up, he knows how to react to it just by using uh, a spreadsheet. You know, I, I spent a few years in independent ball, and when guys would come there, and the managers too, they would all talk about how refreshing it was to try to play to win. They thought that was missing in affiliated minor league baseball. Is is, is that undersold, uh, the importance of learning how to win, the importance of knowing how to move a guy over and give yourself up for the sake of uh, stats and uh, individual development? Ask the Phillies how they feel about Gene Segura's at bat the other day on that little ground ball to the right side. I mean, I think you're going to see some of the, the attempt, at least, at doing that more often now than you'll ever see in June. Uh, yes, you're right, 100%. The teaching players how to win. When I was the minor league director, I would explain it like this to my, to my staff. I would say, I want you to coach um, 
uh, coach, manage, instruct, whatever you want to call it, to develop. I want you to do that. But I want your players to go to play to win. I never wanted the player to think that he's just there to be developed. I wanted the player to do on a nightly basis whatever he could as part of the entire group, whatever it took to win that night. So coaches, managers, instructors, you're there to develop the player. The players are there to play to win. And that's the kind of attitude I wanted to develop in the minor leagues with the Angels. And we had some great success in the minor leagues back then in the 80s into the early 90s. And that's pretty much, even instructionally, instructionally has become a thing of the past. They're afraid the guys are going to get tired of it, that the weather's too hot. Instructionally is where we got our concept there was to get a minor league player possibly to skip a level just by accelerated program, accelerated instruction, actually playing games for six weeks in Arizona or Florida when it was brutally hot. So it takes a, a mental toughness also. All that stuff is gone. It's not it's not part of the fabric anymore, and that really was an outstanding player development tool. Yeah, is that kind of falling off with baseball as they continue to uh, shrink the, the number of teams in minor leagues and the number of guys on active rosters? It, development is still a big thing, but what what are the effects on baseball as there, there are less teams and less opportunities for guys to get into pro ball? Well, I think you're just going to find out. I mean, that's been happening more recently. I think over the next five to ten years, you'll have a good idea of that. I think part of it is they, you, you'll probably see more college kids get drafted, uh, a greater reliability on uh, technical means in order to develop because uh, you have less opportunity to play, less guys to have out there play. There is power in numbers, and so now the numbers are being, I think, called down because they think they're going to make less mistakes by uh, utilizing this method of scouting as compared to the other ones. And furthermore, uh, an average minor league team, you're primarily playing a lot of guys to play with three or four guys that are going to be the guys that make it to the big leagues. I think that was a, when that was presented, I think that offended some people too. Uh, but here to tell you, people like me, I would have never had an opportunity to be part of the 2016 Cubs and go to the World Series because I was one of those guys. I was not the star by any means. I got zero money to sign, but I was all in as a minor league player with the Angels. And eventually I became a, a manager, coach, scout, and eventually a major league manager because I was one of those guys that they're cutting out right now. Joe, are you taking in the playoffs? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'll watch tonight a little bit. i got to go to dinner, but I'm, I'm doing some radio stuff right now, so i got to be a little bit more on top of things. So I'll watch a little bit later. Um, and then I read a lot. I'm, I'm a reader, so I read newspaper accounts. I like to look at box scores to try to determine. And I have a lot of people that I still talk to within the game. But yeah, I'll watch because if, I'm, if I want to uh, have an opinion on something, i got to make it on my own and i got to watch and see what I think. And then I'll, then I'll present. You liking the new format? I do, I, except I don't. Do you know why the, the American League gets a day off in between the, the first three games? No. Actually, does not. See, that to me is I, there's different roster construction. Uh, you could utilize your bullpen differently. Uh, for the American League compared to the National League, I, I didn't quite understand that I'm still, uh, I need to research that a little bit more. Like, for me, Robbie Ray pitching the other night uh, was absolutely an organizational decision made well in advance, uh, but also made more comfortable by the fact that pitch day off, pitch day off, and then he could have started the third game probably. I don't even know if that's the plan or not. But uh, that's, that to me, uh, unfair advantage for the American League over the National League there for me. 
And I understand uh, you haven't closed the door on uh, any future things in baseball. No, not at all. I'm uh, no. I'm just um, advocating the book right now. I'm giving an explanation exactly what I said and why I said it. Um, really, would love to work for somebody that knows how to balance both the baseball world and the numerical world. Uh, whereas uh, data becomes secondary to the game, it'd be kind of fun, man, to get back into the spring training uh, where that is baseball is number one, and you can go about your business without uh, having to be concerned if a guy on a hit run gets thrown out or if a guy trying to steal a base gets thrown out and you have to answer to that. Those, those are the kind of things that bother real baseball folks. Well, I think this book has an appeal well beyond just a, a Chicago Cubs baseball fan because it addresses so much about the game as well as life. And uh, I've seen a lot of parallels to some of the things that you say to other coaches that we talk to. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate your time here, and we wish you the best. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you making that comment because I didn't want to just write a baseball book. I wanted to appeal to a wider audience, and if you feel that way, that's great. Indeed. Good luck, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You too. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Joe Madden. Find it at a bookstore near you. I know it's on Amazon or the other outlets where you can download books. So however you read them these days. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he considers it, but as I was reading through it, it, it it is a book about coaching and baseball and managing it in life and that, but there's a lot of tidbits on leadership and just leading groups and being in control of, you know, what, what you can control and those sorts of things. So yeah, outside of baseball, I think it's got a appeal for anybody. Encourage you to check it out. We're going to check in with Colin Likas in just a moment. High school preps is on the docket. Sports talk coming up. It is Serve Pro High School Football Prep Confidential, powered by the U of I Army ROTC. Colin Likas and Joey Wright will have you. You'll hear most of it on these airwaves. Then at 6.45, we will split off and head to Illinois Volleyball. They take on Rutgers at Huff Hall tonight. Meanwhile, on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, the entirety of the program. And then at 7 o'clock, the Brett Bielma Show. Again, that is only on Light Rock 97.5 for this week due to Illinois Volleyball. And hey, what do you know? Colin Likas is here getting ready to to get the show going. This is kind of like the warm-up. We make sure you can say things. 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 There you go. And now we know. All right. Thank you. Good to see you. Hey, hey, we go down to the wire here for the college foot, uh, the high school football season <laughs> with, what, three Fridays left to play football. Uh, two Fridays left to play football. Is this week eight? No. We are in week eight, yeah. Oh, so my goodness. We're in week eight, and then, uh, I mean, there'll be some Friday playoff games. There always are, but uh, a lot of Saturday stuff for the most part. And, uh, yeah, to the road to Memorial Stadium the day, two days after Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, exciting time of year to be sure. The uh, the playoffs start now, as we've said for the last three weeks probably. Well, yeah, because if, if anybody's knocking on the door, you got to do it now. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, if you've got three wins or four wins, yeah, you're definitely in there. Five wins, I mean, you're uh, not guaranteed either, so you might as well go out there and get another win if you can. And uh, that's a big thing we'll be talking about tonight. I mean, we've got a few 7-0 and teams, a few 6-win teams, but a lot more 5-4-3-win and three win teams left locally. Those are the, the fun ones uh, mm-hmm. to 
kind of see how the race goes. But yet these other teams, they want to stay unblemished, get the best seed they can. Yeah, we don't have too many 7-0 teams. There's only got four of them left. Uh, Muhammad, Centennial, Prairie Central, and Bismarck. And uh, they're not going to play each other, so there's a chance they all finish 9-0. <sighs> if if any of those teams are 9-0, how high of a seed would they get? Uh, it depends on the class. Uh, it, it's difficult. There are times, you know, I remember times when in Class 3A in recent years, there have been like six, seven, or eight undefeated teams. And at that point, you're talking about an undefeated team getting a four seed because what else can they get? Um, it's tough to say. I mean, Bismarck's schedule is not the, the most strong in the world. Uh, the, their toughest opponent is probably Clifton Central, who they played in Week 1. Uh, they got to avoid Iroquois West and Seneca, who are two really quality teams. Um, Muhammad's played a fine enough schedule with some good opponents, but there's definitely some tougher schedules out there. Centennial, kind of the same thing. Um, Prairie Central probably has the t- best chance at a one seed just because the Illini Prairie Conference is really good, and their non-conference opponent was a state-ranked Mercer County team. So, <laughs> uh, But you got to finish undefeated first to even consider getting a one seed, usually. Something that, that came up last week you were tweeting about, and it's been – in the talks for a while shot clocks mm-hmm. uh, does, does it sound like they are being well received um around here probably not as much as in some other parts of the state just because we have a lot more small schools here as the ihsa has kind of acknowledged they acknowledged on tuesday during a press event that the that they held to address some shot clock issues questions really um small schools are by and large not as receptive to it as big schools are for a variety of reasons Um, i think a lot more people i've talked to around here are not as into it but there are some people that definitely are uh darrell robinson danville's boys basketball coach is uh has been at the forefront of trying to get shot clocks into high school basketball in this state so uh not a blanket thing by any means i'm sure there's some folks in small schools who are really into it and maybe some folks in big schools who aren't but uh, it does sound like it's potentially coming to all games but not guaranteed at this point we got to see what the results are from this experimental period this school year and then the ihsa will make a decision down the road we'll hear more of you coming up at the top of the hour in just a few minutes colin thank you guys appreciate it thanks to everybody a part of the program today robert rosenthal from illiniboard.com joe madden lauren tate and evan Kahn. and i'm scott Beatty. thanks that bond on the other side as well more coming up with Serve Pro High School Football Prep Confidential. Have a good night, everybody.